Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas Season 8. I have an amazing special guest here with us on the show. And if you guys have not heard of this guest, this is going to be an amazing introduction. His name is Isaac Nias. And one thing I love about Isaac is his voice. And we're going to definitely talk about that later in the podcast. He is a Houston-based singer, songwriter, and he has been honing his craft since he discovered his voice as a child. Nias, who's blended his singing and songwriting skills over the course of his lifetime, has been working as an independent artist full-time for quite some time, marrying his vocal prowess with lush harmonies and strong lead vocals. He is often compared to artists such as, of course, the incomparable legend Mariah Carey, Miguel, Kalina, and others using his voice as an instrument on a lot of his songs. Thriving in a pop R&B genre of music, he marries a vast selection of music to form his own unique sound. And thank you so much, Isaac, for being on the show. We're just so excited to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Anytime. I love having new artists on and people who have a, a specific point of view that I think people are going to thrive and learn so much from your experiences. So um, Isaac, we kind of talked a lot yesterday and he was like, hey, I want to be on the show um, as soon as we can. And we actually yes. made this work in a very short <laughs> period of time, which is probably one of the quickest turnarounds I've ever had on the show. So you definitely hold that distinction, which is great. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm, yeah, as I spoke yesterday, now I'm here in Nashville, actually. Um, I just recorded a, a new record. I just flew out for an overnight. So our schedules have been kind of crazy, but I'm glad it lined up. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. So I'm kind of going to go straight into some questions. The first one I want to ask you is, what are three adjectives that your friends would use to describe you? Hmm. You know, that is kind of a hard question. Um, I don't know. Let me see. I think probably something that, you know, I don't know. I think... Three words, let me think. So three words I think they would say is loyal. That's definitely one. Um, uh, talented. I, they tell me that all the time. I don't know how much truth there is in that. But, <laughs> you know, the people that are for you like to, uh, to, to let you know about the good things about yourself. So um, talented and, and hardworking, dedicated, very, very hardworking, a workaholic. <laughs> I love those three adjectives. I think all three are definitely fitting for sure. Um, I would say one that I would think of, I think courageous. I think it takes a lot of courage to be able to release music that you want, but also to keep striving for your career because this is what you always have wanted for yourself. And I think another great one for you would be wise. I think wisdom is something that we gain with experience. And if we choose to listen to the inner voice and make the right choices, you know, we can actually do the next right thing, especially in your career. That's You need to have a lot of wisdom when you're in this entertainment business, for sure. A hundred percent. I agree with that. This this, inter, this industry is full of all different kinds of people and not everyone has your best interest at mind. I think courageous is a good way to describe myself, too, um, even though sometimes I, I like to call it blind courage because I kind of set a standard for myself. And I'm like, you know what, even if I'm scared, I'm going to do it. And, you know, you, you never know if you don't try. And that's definitely uh, an adjective that would describe myself too. So I appreciate that. Thank oh, you. you're welcome. 
So I really want to talk about motivation because this is important in this industry. So can you tell me how do you maintain motivation when working on a project that may take months sometimes to complete? Ooh, that is a great question, actually. I think um, always following your intuition, your intuition will motivate you. Um, also, looking at the bigger picture of things, you know, it's very easy to get discouraged as an independent artist in this industry. You get a lot of no's. In fact, majority of the things that you face are no, is the answer is no. And you have to just kind of not take no for an answer um, and fearlessly just spearhead what you have faith in, which is my career. So um, I think that is my biggest motivator is just seeing the bigger picture and, you know, hopefully in doing what I'm doing, have a platform where I can help other people who are in the same position as myself or, you know, art music is subjective in whatever way can help other people. And that is, that is a, a big motivation. I want to help people. I want to give back. And I think that in this, in this career field, you know, you could have a platform big enough to really help a lot of people. And that is definitely something that I've always wanted to do is be able to give back to people because I've had people selflessly give to me so many times in my life and it's just a very beautiful thing and I would love to be able to return that and also you know being able to take care of my family and you know my friends and and myself and really just do what I love for a living instead of you know and there's nothing against having a normal job sometimes that's for people and that's what people want but I just can't see myself working at a desk the rest of my life so um yeah that's definitely another huge motivator I love that. And I love what I do. I love what I do. It's, it's like breathing to me. Um, music is, I mean, singing is like literally like speaking. It's first nature to me. So it, it's kind of going against anything that I was made of to, to not do this. I love that you mentioned that. And when I think of the word no, I like to turn it around and use the word on um, when you think yeah. of it, because like you have to be on in every aspect of your career. And I just appreciate you being able to give back. And we kind of talked about that yesterday about you performing at an event. And I think it's important to just kind of know what you stand for and what you want to give to the world. So the next question I have for you. Absolutely. Okay, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Sorry about that. No, I, you're, I just, I'm in agreement with you. I think that um, if you can and when you can, you're able to give back, you know, as, as humans and in, in humanity, I think that there's not enough empathy in the world. And uh, we're always taught about self-love and self-preservation and self-this, which is great. And you should have all of those things, but you should take those things and in turn use them for something, something bigger than yourself, because ultimately we're all in this life and we're all trying to survive. And if you can help somebody else, I think through loving yourself, you should be able to turn around and be selfless and give back. Absolutely. And I, I just want to commend you for that because not every artist, especially in the beginning of their career or doing things are going to see it that way. And so I think having that perspective is going to be really exciting for artists to hear how you're able to still persevere, but also help the next person. Yeah, thank you. No problem. So this is maybe one of the harder questions, but I think you can handle this one. But can you give our okay. listeners an example of a time when you had to compromise part of yourself for someone else and explain how you felt about it when you had to compromise? Oof, this is a heavy question, um, and I could answer it in a few ways, but I, I think being authentic with this answer is the biggest thing, and um, um, so I, um, obviously, I am a, a, a queer individual. I'm, you know, part of the LGBTQIA plus community, and um, 
I didn't come out until a lot later in life. So um, I spent majority of my life compromising myself, my mental health, my well-being to make other people comfortable and appease other people and, uh, and, um, and not disappoint because, you know, the, the way I grew up, it was, it was kind of looked, obviously it was looked down upon. And I think a lot of, um, young queer individuals share that story. And, um, I spent a majority of my life compromising myself to make generally just the people around me happy. So it took a huge toll on my mental health, which is why when we spoke yesterday on the phone, how you were an advocate of mental health is such a, it was such an awesome thing, which made, really, really was the, the pivotal part of me wanting to be on your show is because um, mental health is important. And I compromised that for majority of my life and to make others happy. So now the beauty in that is um, all these things that are happening with music are because I'm able to live my authentic life and my authentic self. So um, that was definitely a major time of my life, considering it was majority of my life. It was a really dark um, space, but um, I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel and I don't regret it at all whatsoever, regardless of the trial or tribulation. So um, that's probably the biggest time in my life I've ever, you know, had to compromise myself amongst many others, but that definitely was the biggest compromise. I think you answered that so eloquently for people who are listening to this, because it's going to help a lot of individuals who are not only struggling with themselves, but also struggling with just society standards and that can also be used even when we talk about race. I know this is not what this podcast is about, but I do want to kind of segue into that because being an African-American person of color, um, this can be a very tough subject in a lot of avenues. I'll use one example. I'll never forget. Um, I was working this job and I had someone who literally, when I was trying to explain myself, the first thing that they said was, oh, you're angry. And I was completely outdone. I was like, no, I'm really oh, not angry at all. I'm actually explaining myself in a respectful, intelligent way, but because my tone can appear to be maybe rough around the edges to someone else, immediately I was judged just based on the, the inflection of my voice versus who I actually was as a person. And so it just reminded me of like, you can't change other people and that's not my goal, but I can only be myself. But you know what you can do? And, and you know what? I'm sorry that that happened to you. You know, um, I have, and not that our, you know, our experiences can be compared. Everyone lives their own experience. I have been on the other side of racism before myself. Um, I'm a mixed person. Uh, my mom is white and my dad is um, uh, Pakistani. And, uh, you know, I lived through the time of like 9-11 in a small town in uh, small town, Texas. And I was my sister and I were bullied a lot, like really badly and called a lot of racial slurs, um, you know, that come along with the negative connotation of being Middle Eastern. And it was uh, it was a really scary time so much so that my dad like was, you know, going to pull us out of school. It was so I, I definitely um, the race thing is a big, big deal to me because I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be on the other end of racism. And, and quite frankly, that really has not ever I mean. It's, it's gotten better as, you know, collectively as, I, you know, you'd like to think people get smarter as the world progresses, not everybody, but um, it's still, it still rears its ugly head sometimes. So I know what it feels like. And, you know, I have a, a some of my best friends are um, African-American or black people. And so, and I've been on the other side of racism several times throughout my entire life. So it is something that um, I, I have, you know, I stand very strong in my conviction on how I feel about that. So yeah, I, I, I definitely understand 
and I'm sorry you went through that because I, I always remind people when people spew hate, that is a learned behavior. Um, that's not something when kids are younger, they just play yeah. with anyone. But when parents grab their hands, they don't touch that person, don't do that. That is learned behavior. And so one thing about this show is I want any and every type of guests on this show to be respected and to know that they're, they are valued, they're worthy, they are able to share their experience in an authentic way. And I will not allow anyone to bully any of my guests at any time. So I'm just a very strong um, proponent against that. I just think like there are a lot of people out there who are misguided and who feel that they can say and do anything and it's okay. And that's just not what I'm about. So um, I, I'm very firm on how I feel, but I'm also respectful and just saying that, you know, I can't change someone else's view, like I said earlier, but I definitely can, can still have a smile from the inside out. And I don't have to prove that person anything that I'm doing. And so that really, it stung in the moment, I will say, but no. at the, I was like, this isn't the first time I've experienced something like this and this won't be the last. And so I just was able to take it as actually a positive for me of like, hey, this person really is making a very ignorant statement. And the best way to deal with ignorance is to just, you know, meet it with, with maybe a positive viewpoint of who they are and maybe they need help and, and there's nothing I can do to change it and if they're not ready, ready to get the help for themselves. And so that kind of helped me to move forward and I forgave that person and I forgave myself for getting upset about it in that moment and, and allowing it to control how I was feeling for that moment. And see, that's a beautiful thing you say about forgiving yourself that that is a because, you know, sometimes as humans, and it's something I work on daily is uh, responding versus reacting. Actually, um, one of my uh, best, best friends, her name's Annie. Hi, Annie. Um, she's in Lafayette, Louisiana. She uh, she really helped me work on the uh, responding versus reacting thing. Um, and you can really change an entire situation on uh, uh, how you respond to something because a lot of times as humans we tend to react we react because our feelings are hurt and sometimes you have to actually you should always just absorb whatever just happened in that moment and think how to um wisely respond to it with with uh, with intelligence because we all we're all capable of doing that and a lot of times we let our emotions drive that and uh, we react and we just perpetuate something that could be easily dissolved or we, you know, somebody who could be educated and some people aren't open-minded and want to be educated and that's okay. That has nothing to do with you. So you just politely, you know, remove yourself from the situation. You're right about that. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying a little earlier about, um, you know, being a part of your community. I think people need to remember is that you get to choose your family, your friends, people who are actually going to support you in your journey. And I think that's the most important thing I want people to remember that's conveyed on this show is that you get to choose how you want to be viewed. Even as an artist, you know, you get to choose what types of songs, who do you want to work with, how you want to be represented. And that's what, that's what makes you unique. And that's what people are going to want to buy. and support. Right. Right. And that's why I want to, you know, use my platform for something big and good like that, because I was a mixed race kid growing up in a small, predominantly Caucasian town, you know, 95%. And, you know, people don't understand what they don't know. It's just like, I always kind of use this funny metaphor, but like the reason people are afraid of the dark is because they don't know what's in the dark. And it can be used as a metaphor about, you know, something they don't understand. You can't understand the dark. And um, that's why, like when it comes to like racial issues and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, 
that happens and that's life, you know, but uh, we can educate people and we can and do our best and be our best. That's right. And it kind of segues into my next question I was going to ask you, which is what would be your definition of the word happiness? And the second part of that question is, what would you like to be remembered for? If today was like your last day here on earth, what would you want people to remember you for? Hmm. Wow. Those are <laughs> two really heavy questions. Uh, well, I think what I would be, what I would like to be remembered for is, you know, obviously I would love to leave a legacy behind with my, a legacy behind with my music, but um, that, that when I left this earth that I was good and I did some good in the world and I helped change somebody's life, may that be through a song or whatever this music brings to me and my blessings that I can, uh, you know, put back into the world. I think I would love to be, you know, remembered and leave a legacy of like, you know, not only my music was amazing and, you know, my journey, but, you know, that he helped, you know, he was here and he helped a lot of people and he lived fearlessly and courageously. And um, I think that would be, what I would like to be remembered for definitely, you know, and then the definition of happiness, you know what? I don't have the answer for that because I think we're eternally on a quest to find happiness. I don't think that um, there's one particular thing that can bring that to you fully. Um, You know, even with music, I get discouraged and it doesn't always make me happy. Um, That may be taboo to say, but um, it is my release, but sometimes it doesn't always make me happy. So that, that one's, that's what I would say is my answer to that. There is no answer. I like that. See, he he, he took that really well. He was like, I'm not about to get tricked into this one. I'm going to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I am happy to announce is that you were featured in a magazine recently. And I want yes. you to be able to tell us about just how did you feel when you realized that you were going to be featured in this magazine? And then who were you with or who did you tell first person that found out that you were featured? Um, oh my gosh, shout out to Outsmart Magazine and City Book Magazine back in Houston. Um, those are two, you know, uh, publications that I was featured in. But um, the Outsmart Magazine um, issue was a music issue, which was, uh, you know, such an honor to be, you know, in a, in a music magazine, uh, I mean, a music issue of a magazine. And I remember um, the, the guy that called me, the gentleman, his name is Zach McKenzie. He's such a sweetheart. Hi, Zach. Shout out to Zach. Um, and he had been kind of following my journey over the past couple of years. And uh we talked back and forth, but I hadn't had really anything like put together yet that, you know, I, I think they were just observing and he, he's so kind. And, uh, when, when I got the call, I was super excited and I shared some details with him that I'm, I'm not allowed to say yet, but, uh, um, when he get, called me, I remember I was driving, I was actually getting gas and I was just like, no way, like, you know, he's going to pitch it. And they put me in the magazine and it was this, the interview with him was just beautiful. It was probably one of my favorite interviews. And, uh, I think the first person that I called after that was my mama. I think I called my mama and I was like, mom, oh my God, you're never going to guess what? Because, uh, you know, she's always been like, you know, follow your dream of music, you know? So it, it was, it was, it was really surreal. My mom was like super excited on the phone. I was like, mama, I'm going to be in a magazine. Oh my God. I can't believe this. It was like hearing your song on the radio for the first time. It was just such an amazing feeling. And to be included among so many other amazing, um, Houston natives, like the artists and like my peers, it, it, it's just, that was, it was, I don't know, surreal. It still doesn't feel real. Every time I look at that magazine, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. I think that's such a huge accomplishment. I just remember 
the first time with me being featured since I've been here in Shreveport, um, they had a local magazine called The Creative. And one of the actual um, editors and the owner of the actual um, magazine, The Creative, I had interviewed him for the show. And he said, hey, I want you to be a part of the magazine. I was like, oh, well, it was just going to be like a little quick interview. But then it was like, no, we did a photo shoot. We did so many things. And then when I got the magazine, I had six page spread. I was like, what in the world? Like it was, wow. it was so fun. Cause I was like, I didn't think I was going to get one page, but it was just really cool. And so it's just something that I always, you know, cherish, you know, having the opportunity to, to be able to be interviewed, but also to just prove to people that, you know, if you believe in yourself and you want to do anything in your career, you can make a lane for yourself. And so with this podcast, it's always been fun for me. It was never about, of course, popularity. It was about just kind of spreading a great message. But for someone to notice you and say, hey, I want to feature you, was just so cool. I was like, man, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very good feeling. to. Um, it brings you such a good feeling of validity. Like, it, it just makes you feel validated that, like, you know, because as creatives and, like, especially, like, artists and, and singers in this industry – we live in a different world now. Um, you know, people don't buy albums or physical copies or anything. And really they don't even purchase songs like they used to. It's everything is streaming and like TikTok. And so when you're recognized for something and like you and I had talked yesterday on the phone briefly about the numbers don't, I mean, they matter, obviously they matter at a business stat standpoint, but for me personally, like, you know, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't validate my talent and, and my, my love and my passion for what I do. I'm doing what I do because I love it. Not because of the amount of followers that I have. I've always said my goal was never been to be famous is to be successful. Fame is a byproduct of success. I, I, I want to do something that I love for the rest of my life and hopefully have some big success doing it. And, uh, so yeah, I get it. Like, it feels so good to feel validated like that though, when it's in print and it feels like, wow, like, you know, somebody's paying attention and they're listening that, that is such a great feeling. It was. And I remember telling my mom, she was the first one that I, I of course talked and say, hey, this is what's going on. I couldn't give a lot of details because we, we just didn't know how what was going to make the print, what wasn't. And so there were so many things that we had to go over. But I just remember as I was getting closer and closer to the actual event that we had in Shreveport, which was a really big event. And I just remember holding that up and just showing it to mom. And we just kind of laughed about it because it was just such a great moment. She's like, you know, you're really doing great things. And for to hear your parent that you're close to tell you they're proud of you you know it's just such a great moment to just kind of sit back yeah. and say this is you know this is not only surreal but this is what life should be um being able to relish in great moments because these are moments I would never be able to recreate again in life and so I'm just so grateful for that. right there's only a first first time and that's it so yeah I get I agree with you it was it was amazing like I said it was I was in city book first and then city book Houston and then outsmart magazine so it was just like wow like and both times featured for my music so it was just something that felt so special don't worry we got vogue around the, the bend people like, <laughs> I hope so <laughs> I mean we're gonna speak it into existence I believe yes, in that kind of stuff. <laughs> I believe it I, I do too I believe in manifesting your, your life and your dreams so yep I'm in agreement with that all right so now this is a question I ask every guest on the show and I want you to give me your honest opinion so if you could give your younger self one piece of advice I want you to think of a specific age what would you say to your younger self Oh, another heavy question. <laughs> um, 
honestly, I think that what I would tell my younger self is because I've suffered with crippling anxiety my whole life. I still do, honestly. Um, uh, I think what I would tell my younger self is don't worry. The sky isn't falling and everything is going to be okay. Um, regardless of the decisions that you're going to make. And I would probably tell myself that at starting early at like eight or nine years old, I I remember recognizing this feeling of anxiety that early on in my life. And uh, that's what I would tell myself. Don't worry, keep going, believe in yourself. Everything is going to be okay. The sky isn't falling and the world isn't going to end. Regardless of the decisions that you make, your life is going to go on and you just keep pushing forward and you keep striving and, and, and don't worry about what people say or what people think. Just, just know yourself and know what you want with conviction and go after it. Just, yeah, I would, I would, I would like to give my little self a big hug as myself now and say, you know what, you made it through all these, you're going to make it through all these crazy dark times and obstacles and, and you're going to have so many beautiful moments along the way. So just keep yourself, you know, motivated and stay happy and be as happy as possible. And, and love yourself, love yourself, love yourself, because I've been spent so many years hating myself in the mirror and hating, you know, just a lot of things about myself and self-loathing. And it's something I still, you know, suffer with, but I would definitely love to just give my little self a, a big hug and say, you're going to be okay. And it's all going to work out. I love that. I, I think that is a message. We all need to give ourselves a hug and just say, you know, right. that we have love within ourselves and we can persevere and make it through a lot of challenges. I think for me, if I went back to my younger self, I probably would say that to spend as much time with your grandfather that you can, because you never know the moment he's going to slip away. And I think for me, that was the hardest thing is that we spent time together and he did the best he could to try to help me through a lot of challenges. But I never said I loved you enough. I did say it, but I wish I'd said it more. And I never really spent quality time when I was in my teen years the way I wanted to. And so that was something I've learned over the years, you know, to spend as much time with my family and people I'm close to. And just to not take for granted that the next moment, the, the last thing you say possibly will be the last thing you say. And I'm just glad that we didn't end off on any negative yeah. notes where I would be hanging on to that. Um, but I had a really bad intuition something was going to happen and I kept asking him, please go to the hospital, please go, please go. Um, and he just like, no, I'll be okay. I'm gonna call you when I get home. And he did. And he left a voicemail and the next day he died. And so I was just I'm like, sorry to hear that. thank you. I, I just was so heartbroken for so many years because I kept saying I could have prevented it. And, you know, do you go into that kind of thinking And then I realized there's nothing I could do as an adult. Of course, now I know a lot better, but as a, as a 17 year old, it's just like, you're just still trying to figure out life itself and thinking you're a grown up and you're not. And then having to experience that, it just shifted my life really quickly, but I'm just grateful that I had a grandfather that cared enough to want to be there. And he just gave me a lot of tools that I'm able to now use um, in my counseling and in the podcast, I get to use a lot of his sage words and share with other people. So he just always puts a smile on my face when I meet new people. And they're like, oh, you're, you're so wise. I'm like, not really. My grandfather was really wise. I just use a lot of his <laughs> statements. And I've learned a lot from, you know, past mistakes for sure. Yeah, well, he passed that that um, that uh, wisdom to you in, in a sense. My grandmother was like my mother to me. And, you know, I, I understand. So 
yeah, I, uh, I had to stop, you know, I had to shift my way of thinking because I had felt like I had too many regrets not getting to say what I wanted to. And honestly, no time is ever enough time. Life is so short. So I agree with you, make the most of it and, you know, spend the, the best quality time that you can when you can with the people that you love. So yeah, I, I agree with that message too. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I have only two questions left. I'm going to combine these last two. So the first part of my okay. question is, can you tell our listeners where can they find you online? And then the second part of that question is can you give us a little tidbit, which you can share with us, of anything new that you want us to know that we need to look out for? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Isaac Niaz. That's I-S-A-A-C. And as N-I-A-Z, um, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, YouTube, um, every streaming platform that there is. Um, and you can find my music. That's if you search Isaac, I-S-A-A-C-N-I-A-Z. Um, and I'm available on every platform uh, under that name. It's my first and middle name. Um, and as far as the music, hmm. So I have a lot of things in the works right now. My life is in absolutely ma- like utter madness, but it's madness that I had been asking for, you know, in this career that I've chosen. So I, I can't complain. Um, I, I have, as a lot of people don't know, I have previously released singles. I have about eight singles out right now, seven or eight. I don't know the exact number. Forgive me. Um, some originals. I mean, all of my singles um, are original songs um, and then some remixes to them. Um, and I think as far as upcoming projects, it's kind of hard to say because I do write all of my own music. Um, and I, I work with, um, a producer, her name's Iris. She's actually one of my best friends. Um, she's a female producer, which I love. I'm all about the women empowerment. I always say if there's a God, God's a woman. Um, I, I think she's so amazing. She's a musician. She's a producer. She's a singer. Um, and then, uh, my engineer, Danny, um, dirt soul. So I, I write all my own stuff. So it, it's, it's a process. And I think people understand that, especially doing it independently. It takes a little more time, but I do have some big things in the works. There's some things that I can talk about, some things that I legally can't say yet, but um, I am working in Nashville and working with, um, a, you know, um, some really amazing people here as well. So I'm just really, really excited for the future. Um, and hopefully in the new year, I think we're going to wait for any releases right now with my independent stuff. And because, you know, Christmas time's coming up and, it's just uh, in in this field, you know, I, I really want to release stuff in the, in the beginning of the year because it also could help me like maybe get in, you know, time to submit for like, you know, a Grammy nod or any kind of things like that. But uh, I have a lot of things. I have a lot of music coming up, um, a lot of videos. I'm, I'm working on some uh, film projects as well, because that's something I've always wanted to kind of segue into. So I have a lot of huge projects coming up. Just keep an eye out in the next couple months. Hopefully a big drop will be coming soon. I don't, I hate to give somebody a, a time frame because I always say it like this, if I order a package on Amazon and it says two days and I don't get it, I'm going to be mad. So um, I, I just, I have a lot of things coming up in the next two or three months. So be on the lookout for sure. Definitely a new single um, coming in the next month. Well, I'm just so excited for you. I, you don't even know, like when you were sharing all that, I was just saying, this is just, this is meant for you. This is going to be a career that's going to have a lot of longevity and you're going to be able to really impact so many of our youth, so many of our older adults who maybe are going to live vicariously through your experiences and be able to say, Hey, you know what? I can still keep going as well. And there's never an age gap, you know, saying, Oh, you have to be a certain age to do certain things. If you want it bad enough, 
and you're willing to to figure out an avenue and a platform that works for you, you can make it work. And so I'm just very glad that first of all, you gave me this opportunity to have you on the show, but that you. Oh, please. I'm thankful you gave me this opportunity. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is always fun for me. Like, I love talking to people and just allowing them to share their stories. And so thank you once again for being on the show. And I want our listeners to remember to embrace their uniqueness because the world is our canvas. So um, yes, this it is, is a great moment for you. And just keep me posted on all the new things you have coming. And I would love to have you back if you want to perform on my second podcast, Space Between which is available. I would love that. All stream, streaming platforms as well. Um, and then I definitely want you to come back on my new podcast that I'm going to be co-hosting and it's called Embracing Your Love Mark. So if you guys have not heard of that one, please make sure you go and stream and follow. Um, we have our own page on Instagram now. Um, Dorian and I are um, co-hosting together. And then I also have it available on Spotify. So we would like to have as many people who would like to follow it on Spotify. We would love to have your support. Um, but yeah, I would love to have you on there and we can talk more about mental health and wellness for sure. I would be totally honored. Thank you for all of your kind words. Thank you for having me on the show and getting to talk about my music. Um, anytime that I get to talk about the music, I'm super, super excited and, and the things that drive the the music and, and this machine that is Isaac Neos. So I'm just very, very, uh, very grateful. Well, I'm grateful as well. Well, thank you so much, Isaac. And I will definitely talk with you very soon. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I hope we, we talk soon. Um, I'm going to get some rest. I've commuted from Houston to Nashville. So it's, it's about my bedtime now. I've got to get up early and commute back. I got you. Well, you have a safe trip back. And definitely you and I will keep in contact. But we'll talk soon, okay? Sounds great. Thank you again for having me on the show. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye. I'm not afraid.